back to the Beers and Steers podcast, week two of the crazy tumultuous 2020 season. We're back after a, already our first buy of the week, which is kind of interesting. Another weird kink into the season. You probably like one again. It, 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 it's, it's technically week four, but it really doesn't feel like it. So oh, that's weird. Really weird. Um, you're probably noticing a little bit of an audio difference in this week's episode. We apologize. It's all my fault. It's always my fault. Um, next week will be better. We'll be different. We promise. Uh, first, first off, thanks for the shout outs on the Instagrams and everything. The koozies t-shirts, we love it. New shirts and koozies are being ordered along with stickers and, uh, possibly some styrofoam cups. So keep an eye out for those. If you haven't gotten your shirt that you bought from me two years ago, you'll maybe get it now. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, there's still a couple of you out there. I'm, Our I'm Dallas there. distribution center is still struggling. Yeah, the, 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 North Texas Distribution Center is just not great right now. Uh, oh. Shout out CMO. She has been very helpful on that front for getting all those um, ordered and everything. So keep an eye out for those. Uh, this episode will also be a little different because we will be having our first advertisements. Three so of them. Three of them. So please don't hit skip the 15-second forward button like I do on every other podcast that I listen to. <laughs> so just listen to them. Please tell us how bad we sound. But more importantly, go check out the products that we are promoting because we would like money. Styrofoam cups, though, that's, those are useful. Styrofoam cups will be huge. The, those those may not be for sale. Those mo- may just be if you're around the Beers and Steers family at a tailgate or something, then you'll get access to those. So whenever you're drunk and you just start handing us stuff out for free? Pretty much, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would I would try to hang around me for uh, during um, around football games and stuff, during the, before the game tailgate, after, you know, if you want to start from cup. They do look cool. And, ooh, actually, I'm going to save that. I'm going to save that. Uh, all right, Utah. We had a game two weeks ago. Feels like... We- Four years ago. It feels like last season. It's how bad it feels. I know, but... How was it? Talk to us. How was the game? It was very, very odd. Um, As you could guess, the... I mean, it it looked like a a bad spring game with all of the pomp and circumstance on the field, but everything around that, along with the north end zone in construction, it kind of felt like a... uh, like an apocalypse had kind of happened. I guess apocalypse kind of did happen. And uh, we were just still trying to play football. <laughs> wow. it, it, it was very interesting. Um, did there, they do a good job of creating an atmosphere, though, like an artificial one? Uh, kind of. I, I will say the one thing that I noticed the most was the lack of a band. If they had the band, I think it would be a lot better. I don't think you. I mean, I know there's been some schools who have like partial bands with very like spaced out, but mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't think you can do that with our band. I think one solution is just put them in the top. Like even if you can't hear them that well, as long as that like kind of background noise is there, it'll feel a lot more real. There were people in the top, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. There was people in the top, but like that's so surprising to me. Like, why would you open up the whole stadium and pay for? You know, concessions and electrical bills and all that. Yeah, that's a good point. I haven't thought about it like that. Um, it, I mean, obviously it was it was it was weird as weird as heck. Don't get me wrong, but there were no lines at the beer stand. There were no lines at the bathroom, so that was nice. 
Um, nice change compared to normal season openers. Yeah. Um, getting in and out of the stadium was a breeze. Um, so if you're one of those kind of old curmudgeon-y dudes who doesn't like dealing with all that, this is your time to go to the game because it's your a dad. lot easier. No, he's usually not that bad, actually. But um, it, th- we only got yelled at to wear a mask once. And that would, no, I didn't say that. And that was at halftime. They had one person go up every single, um, you know, staircase and was like yelling at everybody, like, put your mask on, put your mask on, put your mask on. But other than that, like, nobody really cared. The aisle was one way only? No. Okay. I I think you had to go, like, up. No, I think they might have thought about enforcing that, but that that was not happening. No chance. So. What about the players on the sideline? Did they show any? Was it pretty? Uh, no, based? it didn't look different. I know they talked about how they said that they were going to have like more space on the sideline, but I really didn't see it. Yeah, I mean, some teams have gone away with the the benches and just done chairs. Um, you've seen, you know, completely isolated defenses. I mean, all sorts of different um, strategies, I guess, but. Um, Herman had his mask on the whole time, so that was good. Yeah, no, you couldn't really see anything different about the sideline, honestly. I mean, they're still going nuts. Like, yeah, you could tell the coaches had masks on, which is obviously a good thing. But I don't know, man. It, it was very weird. I, I'll be honest. Was I'll, it worth it? Eh, it's close. It was close. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'm going to go to the – Someone else who said they, they wish they did not go. I, I, I wish – I'm glad I went, and I'm glad I saw it. And I'm going to the TCU game, but after that, I, I don't know. It, it's a, it's a lot for a, for a little of what you're getting. Yeah. And it's just like our our at home games really aren't anything great. You know, Iowa State's the only decent one right now, and that's still kind of up to up for debate if that'll be a good. Uh, well, you know what I was thinking about are our home games this year still in line with what we were supposed to have at home this year? Like meaning? Oh, that's a yeah yeah no no they are like completely dis. You know, throw a lot of whack our every other year. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. They just they changed up when obviously, yeah. but they didn't change up the uh, the who were playing at home or what. Okay, yeah. Because I knew we uh, we had Tech on the road this year for sure. I just didn't know if that. It was supposed to be was, like in October, I think. Yeah, I just didn't know if that was consistent. I guess it's not that hard if you just keep locations. Um, no. That'll be a matter of when. That's, I, can't imagine. I don't know how people do make schedules. It's always been intriguing. But anywho, uh, uh, we played UTEP. Yeah, and they University were... University of Texas, El Paso, formerly Texas Western, yeah. and they were terrible. They should have probably been a high school team. Um, literally first play, that was <laughs> just like, okay, well, I guess we can change the channel now. Okay, uh, I, I know that, and I thought I felt the same way during the game. Don't get me wrong. But I'm watching it again, Sam pump fakes, and if you look... The, safety. the outside linebacker is like right there on the line of scrimmage, just staring right at Sam. Like he is ready to jump and pick that ball right out of the air. And I was like, dang, we were, I mean, thank God we have a vet quarterback. Cause that's just such an easy, you know, first play of the game, step one, two, three pop and like throw it, you know, not even look and just throw the ball. Cause you know, he's there pick six the other way. You're like, God dang, seriously. But he saw it and he, he covered his ass, but still watching it again, I was like, God, we were so close to just a laughing stock from the get-go. Well, it was the exact opposite. It so. was the exact opposite. When did you turn into me with your negative, like... I know, uh, I know. I wasn't until I rewatched it for the first time. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, hold on. Let me, let's... Yeah, but then if you watch the safety who, like, completely... No, yeah. Missed, it, it, missed, like, it's it, like he was scared to hit 
Joshua Moore. And he, it almost like it shouldn't have. I mean, like, it shouldn't have been a touchdown either way because of the safety too. Just taking a terrible angle, whatever. But I mean, yeah, yeah. Josh Moore. I mean, he had a great game, and we, we can get in. Um, let's get, just get into the offense and start with the receivers. I mean, when Brendan Schooler, who's been in Austin for how long? Maybe three weeks. Yeah, is making plays and scoring unbelievable touchdowns. I mean, Kai Money, that was that was cool. Yeah, that uh, was pretty random. That and Josh Moore was your best receiver. It was an it was an interesting day. Um, Eagles had the unbelievable touchdown catch from uh, Casey Thompson late. Didn't get a lot of first team reps. Yeah, which that was all though. <laughs> that that was interesting. I I know there's been some talk about you know how good he's looked in practice and. He's kind of in the doghouse, which is funny that he's in the doghouse and Josh Moore isn't. But regardless, um, we won't go there. I mean, but he made up for it. I mean, he, he had that unbelievable one-handed bobble catch. So what do you want to do? Yeah, that was his only catch. I know, but okay. He made the most of it. Is what I'm saying. No, but I mean, for the first time in a while, and again, it's so hard to like do any sort of judging of of team development based off of that one game but right. for the first time in a while like our receivers were getting the ball with an opportunity to make people miss like little Jordan Humphreys would make plays Devin Duvernay would just get open but anyone beyond them was never able to like make somebody miss and for the first time in a while it was like two or three guys until Whittington went down but um, uh, Josh Moore, Schooler, Tariq Black had a, you know he was very active the whole game Tariq Black uh, I thought was I mean, Moore was the best, but I thought Tariq Black was probably second best. He's tough to yeah. go down. The number zero two is also kind of weird. Yeah, that uh, is weird. Uh, but yeah, no, I, mean, I was very that was, that was a core. I was gonna say, you know, gets the award for most improved from last year as a wide receiver group for sure. Yeah, and we saw that coming with how much veteran presence they have in that room on top of Tariq Black and Schooler. Um, there's actually a pretty good article on the Athletic about. Schooler and his brother. I didn't realize his brother was – he's been a first-team All-Pac-12 three years in a row uh, huh. and transferred. He's play, he plays for Tech, so they'll be going up against each other. He's a middle linebacker. So just keep an eye out for that little little tidbit there. That's a that's definitely a uh, uh, Friday morning email thread from the Tim Taylor tidbit that's going to be thrown in the there. The God. Um, the Godfather. Run, seriously. Running the ball – I. There were some. Hold on one second. The what? Uh, oh shoot! No, no, go ahead. Go when you're running the ball. Well, I mean, there were some concerns. I think with what we sh- we didn't show, and it, it was very vanilla running the ball. I think throwing the ball was a lot more of what we'll see consistently throughout the year compared to running yeah. the ball. We we didn't show anything. Um, and so it was pretty, you know, inside zone, outside zone, not many counters, pulls, whatever you want to call it. So it wasn't very sexy is basically what I'm getting at. But I, I liked what I saw, and I still I still like my prediction of last week of Roshan going for, what did I say, over 1,000, I think? I think he said Roshan was going to have more rush yards than Brennan Eagle receiving. Yes, yards. yes, correct, yeah. I think that's very safe. Well, now that's looking very safe. But I, he said, I, yeah, we said Roshan would have more than Eagles receiving, and what is more likely, running back runs for 1,000 yards or we block four field goals and punts. I think I said 1,000 yards, and it would be Roshan. Yeah, I mean, I think the running back crew is very, uh, I guess, in line with where they were last year. I mean, Roshan clearly looks like the number one guy to me, honestly. 
um, even though Keontae got the start, right? Uh, I think Keontae got the start. Yeah, yeah, he got the start. Yes. He uh, I mean, Keontae ended up with a game high of 44 yards, but I mean, um, Roshan still looks like a more confident runner to me. Um, I agree with that. He he doesn't have the kind of patience that drive people crazy with Keont that with that Keontae has. Um, but he's so tough to take down. He's just like a brick wall. He's obviously gotten bigger. I thought, yeah, I agree with you. I thought he looked like the best runner. Speaking of brick walls, I want to give the ball to Bijan, Bijan, whatever it is, more. I mean, it, you know, obviously he was the first game jitters uh, yeah. against UTEP, but it, the few times he hit space, he looked like yeah. freaking – I don't even know who he looked like. He looked like a bigger Jamal Charles to me is what I would describe it as, Ooh. which is Ooh. scary. But he did. He's kind of that quick lateral. Um, he can bust it outside, but he was he's bigger. I mean, he's like 220. Yeah, no, I think uh, – I want to see him get some more touches this weekend. So, I think that would be something to keep an eye out for. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the one guy that everyone's going to be salivating over, especially now with the uh, – um, you know, not having to burn a – or, you, you know, this year of eligibility really doesn't count, essentially. So. Yeah. But and then I guess let's just quickly touch on him. I mean, Sam, I would say probably statistically the best game he's had. Yeah, I definitely is definitely the best half. Like not even close. Yeah, I mean it was just very clean. Um, he was throwing some great balls again. I mean it was like actually some deep. But again, it's kind of hard to really make an assessment when the D backs were like six to eight yards off of our receivers every time. So. Um, Sam with a 426 yards. I don't think that's a career high. I think he had. No, I don't. I don't think it is either. It was a it was a career high at half for for the first half for him. But yeah, I want to say it was almost like a team. I don't know some some sort of record. But um, and now I'm interested in what his game high is. But whatever. Um, no, I think I was. I mean, semi impressed with him. Oh, you just clicked on ESPN, didn't you? Wait, what? <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, I was very impressed with him as well. And it, it showed a little bit. It obviously showed this the vet, whatever you want to call it. But I want to give Mike Yersich a pretty good, you know, pat on the head for this one too. Because. Pat on the head. Whatever you want to call it. Because it, it made, it looked a lot easier than it, how it normally looks with Sam. I don't know why, but it always just looks a little bit different, a little more it looks tougher for him throwing the ball in years past. I know that's a weird thing to say, but it, no, it I agree though. Yeah, I don't know. You know, it just the ball came out quicker and everything looks fun and everyone's happy, so I do want to say a product of that is probably just like experience with Sam. Um, but we have not seen our offense dominate like that in a while. Like we always play down to teams and like Right. Like Colin Johnson would it would be a forced throw to him, right? He would have to make a play. Yeah. Whereas now these guys are getting open. Sam, for the most part, had enough time. Um, we literally didn't have to spend much time back there because we're doing a bunch of quick hitches. But um, no, I, I think in general it was a lot more fluid, which was which was good to see. And I think again that's a product of just experience from Sam, and then maybe just a new scheme that we just aren't used to. So. Yeah, I agree. But this was a. Career game high, by the way. Um, oh, with the offensive line, let's touch on that real quick and then move on. Real, yeah, I didn't see anything. Okay, that's the offensive line. All right. Glaring. They, I thought. I mean, Cosme looked great. Don't get me wrong. I thought Angola looked pretty good. Kersetter was 
solid, okay. He got flagged a good amount, I think. Yeah, he had one bat. Did he have that bat holding on that long run? It might have been Sam had a bat hold, honestly. Who? Cosme. Cosme. The yeah, I can't remember who had the hold on that long run by uh, Keontae. God, who was it? That's gonna drive me nuts. Anyways, um, I thought Christian Jones looked okay. He really didn't look good on pass rushing or uh, pass blocking against the pass rush. I, this is it's gonna be. We thought it would be very good. I don't know why this. We thought this would be a great line. You do have a stud left tackle, but everything else is just kind of good, not great. And literally two weeks ago, you said they were gonna be amazing. I know I did, and now I'm I'm wishing I didn't. And great analysis. I don't know why I thought like Christian Jones and. Okafor. Okafor. Like, I've seen Okafor play for how many years now? And all of a sudden, I was like, yeah, yeah, he'll be good. Like, it Breaking sucks. Too much. I know. And he's a much better at guard. He can't get exposed and all that stuff. But they they just didn't look sexy enough to me, I, I guess is what I was saying, for what I hope for. But I will say, if if they can get a little bit better at pass blocking, like just a tiny bit better, like bits, blitz pickup and – you know, calling out coverages or, you know, who's coming and whatnot and when to shed and who, which guy to take. Just get a little bit better. And obviously, you know, with Sam back there, a quarter second, a half second makes all of the difference with him. And if you can kind of entice a defense to be like, okay, we'll, let's split these guys a lot because their offensive line sucks and put it more on Sam's hands, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'll take that any day of the week. They're, I mean, I watched the Kansas State game that morning, which, again, that feels like two months ago now. Yeah, um, that Kansas State offensive line was so bad. Yeah. Like, Tyler Thompson had zero time to do anything and eventually was, I think, the difference in the game. Um, for all those who don't know, Skylar Thompson was terrible and Kansas State lost to Arkansas State. But, um, I mean, it, we at least looked more competent than them. So it's not like we got a terrible offensive line, but it's – it's definitely not as advertised as I thought you were kind of making them out to be. Yeah, I was. I was. I was wrong. I'll. I'll go ahead and say that. Yeah, you suck. But uh, in general, I'll take. You know, we'll take it. Offensive output. I mean, fifty-nine to three. That's obviously huge. Half, like forty-two-three. Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah I mean, like that's just. I mean, I'll take the slap on the wrist. I'd say we weren't going to cover. Good job, Sam. So. Yeah, you really shoved that up your hoop. Um, Next. Well, first, John, we have to get to our first ever ad on oh, yeah. the Beers and Sears podcast. So we sent out the uh, bat signal last week for some advertisements, and we actually got three very quick responses. They were they were heated. One person um, was not allowed to get their ads in because uh, they were the fourth person. But first so up, are we allowing repeat ads from the same person, or I guess for those who are listening right now, can they like? Are we going to go three new people next week? Right, let's do three new people. Okay, but you three people who are in this one, you can still text us. Correct. You, like you are still in the running, but you have to be the first of the three. You're automatically in the back of the line, but if we don't get the three other people, then you're in. Correct. Okay, oh. well, first up, our good friends over at the Cook Shack in Fort Worth. Okay, this place, if you're ever in Fort Worth, it's one of the easiest, most simple restaurants. They are absurdly nice this is a true ad not really joking at all 
They will open the they open the door for you. As soon as you walk in, you hit right to the bar, and they go, "What do you want? What do you want to drink?" And it's right there, and they hand it to you. If the line's long, then you can go to the, to the other three cashiers, and it's the best like hot fried chicken. It's not like too spicy. I mean, you can make it super spicy. Don't get me wrong, but their chicken tenders are absolutely massive. Like what you, what you think of chicken tenders from like Canes is about half from the cook shop. Like chicken fried chicken. No, it's like a, it's a legitimate, I mean, they're a good four inches wide and a good eight inches long. No, don't make a joke. They are unbelievable and you can get them as spicy as you want. They also have ribs. They also have sandwiches and they're, uh, they also have like spicy fries, you know, like the fries with like the good spicy seasoning on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The very unhealthy stuff. Go check them out. They're on university. They're, uh. What's the name of it? The Cook Shack. I said oh, that. sorry. Okay, I, I, I didn't catch that earlier. Cook Shack, not the Cock Shack. It's the Cook Shack. The Cook Shack, everyone. The Cook Shack. So go check them out. All right. Can we give a shout out to the person? Uh, yeah. Shout out William McGee. He's is uh, he's got a little skin in the game over there at the Cook Shack, and uh, he was one. Of, was he the fir- yeah? He was the first one in Texas. So thanks again, William. Yeah, um, congratulations. All right, defense. Will you bring me some this weekend? Uh, yeah, I actually can. No, don't do that. I want it to be my first experience. Not be good. Um, defense. There's not much really to say. I mean, you 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 let up three points against a really bad team. That's that's good. Yeah, um, I mean, my takeaways, good and bad, just in, from a thirty thousand foot level. Um, again, only let up three points. We hit the under on the UTEP uh, points, which is pretty impressive. I can't. I'd love to do some research on when the last time we did that was. Like through all type of games, not, you know, non-conference Big 12. I bet you we haven't held a Big 12 opponent opponent to their under in, like, years. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, but, you know, I was a little disappointed, I would say. I Again, it's hard to tell, or really first game, but disappointed in the D-backs with a lot of open receivers that that quarterback missed. Um, he was not good. That, what? He was not good. No, he was terrible. But you know, that was one thing that kind of stood out to me, especially going into Tech this weekend with uh, whatever that name that white guy quarterback is. But he, uh, I just I fear if oh, we man. have the same type of pressure or lack of pressure, is a better way of saying it, that we might uh, give up a lot more this weekend. But that's uh, for later on. But I will say the guy who stood out to me the most, the positive, is Joseph Osai. You can tell he's really become a leader and he kind of built off that performance he had in the Alma Bowl. Um, you know, he kind of faded away in the middle of last year, but you can tell he's like the guy that a lot of them are looking to. Um, he really uh, led the guys on the field and then obviously led the team in tackles. So he's the one who really, really stood out to me. Yeah, he was obviously the MVP. I get what you're saying about the DBs. I don't think they played as that bad. Um, I, Josh okay, don't, Thompson. Don't, don't okay web me. <laughs> I, don't, don't do this to me right now. I thought Josh Thompson looked pretty good, and I thought Chris Brown looked pretty solid too in kind of a new position. I did, and Chris Adamora never got burned in a brand new position, literally. So, Adamora did play well. I'll give you that. He did play well. Yeah, the the quarterback sucked. Don't get me wrong. But I, I still think they were uh, they played they didn't play down to their uh, to their opponent. They definitely played above it. Linebacker-wise, I mean, didn't think Court Jockos would be out there, but you know what? He actually played okay. And it's it's one of those things, if this defense can really, the DBs really can start to mesh, 
and you can have DeMarvion is fast as hell. And there's a couple great plays where he, you know, is an outside run. He shot the gap and made a good tackle, you know, a yard behind the line of scrimmage or less than two or three yards in front of the scrimmage. So if he can really be that rangy linebacker that's really more of a hybrid safety and you can just plant Court Jock West's freaking meathead ass right in the middle yeah. and oh. just – I was so confused when I saw him. I was like, who the hell is that guy? Yeah, and I mean, you have four down, you already have four down linemen. So the O-line's fairly covered up and just let him kind of man the middle of any inside runs and if it's a pass play, just hope he blows over some guard or something. I, I'm okay with that. And let DeMarvion and the rest of the DBs kind of mesh together. I, I think that's something that we could possibly look at. Who knows with Jawan Mitchell? He's been in the doghouse for, I feel like, his entire career. So, yeah, I, I don't know how quickly we're going to see him back on the field. Supposedly he was running yeah. with the ones, but who knows? I was really confused on who number zero was. I'm not going to lie. I was like, who the hell is that? Yeah, that confused me. What? When was the last time we had two starting zeros? I don't know. That's kind of annoying. I don't know. I don't really like it. It's kind uh, of some JV shit, but whatever. Yeah, Jock was, I was like, yeah, when I saw him, I, all I could think of was, who was that white guy? I just, not really narrowing it down here, but that white but, linebacker we had, like, I want to say middle of college for us. Um, not freaking Goldilocks, but, oh. Dude, I have no idea. He always, he was like John Cotton's boy. That's, that was, there was a lot of those. Man. All right, well, I'll Google it while we keep going. You'll figure it out. Um, D-line did not really live up to the hype as well. Um, only one sack from the D-line, and it was Alfred Collins, like, late in the third quarter. That was kind of disappointing. I was really hoping that we'd have, like, three or four, like, big sacks, like, early in the first half, um, whether it's Asai or Jacoby Jones or something. I yeah. thought Jacoby Jones looked okay. Who was it? Was it Alfred Collins who had the sack? Yeah, Alfred Collins had the had the sack, and he absolutely tossed another guard on on another play, which was very athletic. That guy's going to be a freak. He's a true freshman, right? Yeah, and people were freaking out when he got his uh, ranked a five star, but I think he is kind of shutting shutting those people up right now. You think he'll be a starter by the end of the year? I don't think he'll be a starter, but I think he will one hundred percent be playing. 50% of the snaps, 100% 50%. I, I, I would think. I mean, take one looked okay, but – and he's obviously the senior who's been here for like five years. But Alfred Collins looked really, really good and moved a lot better. It's still it's still a heavy stack D-line, don't get me wrong, especially up the middle. I mean, you have take one, Alfred Collins, Coburn, and Sweat just rotating in and out. That's that's pretty dangerous. Still looking for this name. You're not gonna find it. I am. Oh, Dalton Santos. Yes. He transferred, dude. Uh, all right. Where were we on defense? Um, we just went over the D line. Did you have anything else on the D line? No, I mean, I, I I agree with you. It was kind of underwhelming in the first half, but um, again, they the quarterback half their plays was like set hut and then throw it immediately so they really didn't have much of a fair chance to put any pressure on him yeah. um what they held him to under 50 yards rushing so yeah that's nice um even with our previous 
opening games in the past, you, teams would gash us. So that Maryland was says that was a positive. Um, but yeah, I think that's in general the defense was it was a good uh, a good tune up to say. No, definitely. At least go hit somebody else other than their own teammates. Yeah, that had to have felt good. Also, shout out Jet Bush. He played a little bit. I feel like everyone on the sideline got to play. It was like a That's major walk on. There was, I mean, how many guys had catches? Uh, uh, it's like almost one, eighteen to two, twenty. Two, three, four. Wait, one, two, three, four, five, six, eight, seven, eight, eight nine, ten. Three, seven. Ten. Wow. That's awesome. So, spreading the ball around. All right. What do we have next, John? All right, um, advertisement number two is um, hopefully not going to take me too long to read, but for all those who listen from the Southeastern Conference, you're going to like this, I guess. Maybe you won't because uh, of his general negativity about his own school, but um, shout out to Will Wild, an actual you know, consistent listener, even though he's not a UT grad. Uh, graduated from Ole Miss, but anywho, um, here's his beautiful little text he sent us. Tired of cheering for a national brand? I guess I'll just shot at us here at UT. Wishing that your last conference title was in 1963? Do you want to unironically chant SEC after winning a non-conference game versus a Sunbelt team at 11 a.m.? I did. Smile and whisper to yourself, it just means more. After you get another NCAA investigation shows you bribed 18-year-old kids with Dodge Chargers. <laughs> I didn't know they did that. Then that was the Ole Miss Rebels are the team for you. Have one of your rivals be oh, have one of your rivals be a smaller, sadder version of Texas A&M with a gigantic little brother complex in an even shittier town in College Station, pardon the language. Be infuriated that Coach O or O won a national title at LSU, but only three three conference games in three years for your team. You feel only went head. Three. Wow, that was, that was a little intense. When your guaranteed win versus Vanderbilt, every year it turns into a rock fight and you end up losing <laughs> again. That's so true. All this and inevitably letting your extremely low expectations get blown out of proportion after beating Arkansas by 20 and then be brought down to earth when Bama's backups go in during the third quarter and put up another 28 points. Yeah, that's rough. All aboard the lane train, and if worse comes to worse, just remember, you're a baseball school. Brought to you by Will William Tuttle Wild Jr. College Fund. And if you need his Venmo, just text me or Stuart, and you can Venmo him. Do not Venmo him a cent. He will not be surviving this weekend, so mm-hmm. it's not worth even sending him a Venmo. No chance. Um, uh, but yeah, that was from uh, SEC Will, who has been a loyal listener all the way through, so we appreciate it. and. You know, even though your team is not very good, Will, you guys definitely throw a good party in the Grove, so I'll give you credit for that. And you got, I mean, the lane train, that's just a coach you can kind of get behind. for. It's having, just, like, too know. good to be true. I, it really I, is. That Ole Miss, I mean, you know the guy is, like. Well, well what makes it better is he's going, his biggest rival, quote-unquote, is Mike Leach. Like, that's just perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get into Texas. Thanks for that, Will. Texas Technical University opponents this week. Texas is minus 18.5. It opened up at 16 and jumped about 2.5 points. The over is at 71, which is about normal when you're playing against the Red Raiders. Texas is technical in their first game. Barely beat Houston Baptist 35-33. to um, Their defense was really bad. 
They gave up 600 yards, and Tech was penalized 13 times for 104 yards. That's but, okay. Just take all my notes. Thanks. You're welcome. But they did look pretty solid on offense. John, quiz. Who is the number one leader? So, Roderick. No, just – Who is the number one leader in – Michael Crabtree. Stop talking. <laughs> now you're just going to make me mad. Who is the number one leader in yards per game in college football right now? Oh. Are we talking rushing? Oh, are you talking about the school? Just, uh, just, throw, just throwing the ball, sorry. Throwing the rock. Passing. Okay. Passing yards per game. Clemson? Nope. Am I supposed to name, say names or schools? Names. Come on. I'm, there's a reason why I'm saying this. Uh, Bowman at yep. Tech? Bowman is one, and guess who number two is? Spencer Radler at OU. Nope. Sam Ellinger. Yeah, so technically, granted, both guys have only played um, one game each. But amongst quarterbacks who've thrown the ball over 30 times a game, Sam is number two. uh, For completion percentage, Sam is number two behind Trevor Lawrence, who's a freak. Don't even look at him. And Bowman is number uh, four behind Ellinger and then that Sam Howell kid from North Carolina. So Bowman is legit. Don't get like he is not a he's not a big guy, but he can sling the rock and he's got some good talented receivers. Um, T.J. Vasher is their stud guy. He's been there for like six years at least. He will definitely have a couple of big catches and a couple like golly that sucks. Why did we just give that up? Type moments. Um, they have some new tight end who's massive, but I don't think he's nearly as good as God. What was that guy's name a couple years ago? can't remember but um good receivers Patrick Mahomes good running back because his name is Sir Roderick <laughs> straight out of jail he got arrested what was it two weeks ago no it was like three days ago did he actually get arrested or did he just get like sentenced or what you know he got yeah he got arrested like they I think they like took him to jail I'm good pretty for sure. him well He's pretty good, too. He had, like, over 100 yards against Houston Baptist. Over, he's, you know, obviously. The one thing that I've read about Tech is it does look like their interior guard, center guard, are very impressive. And that's who they kind of use to run their inside running game and get Sir Roderick going. Sir Roderick's just, that's first team, all name. Um, so watch out such a good name I mean Sir Roderick and Little Jordan is just so did good did we lose to Tech last year or did we beat them no we beat them remember we were losing at half or we were about to we were down no no we, we weren't losing at half but we were down like 14-6 at like the middle of the second and then Sam scored on like seven of his next eight possessions or something like that oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was just a – it turned into a – there. Were, but the first half was like, oh, my God, we might fucking lose this. Uh, and then it blew up. But – Yep, I remember now. On defense, they got Schooler's brother, who is pretty solid. You'll be able to find him. He's got long, blonde hair, just like his brother. Uh, corners are very bad. They did, They were missing a corner last week, but, the guy, but he's coming back for this week. But supposedly he's not even that great. Uh, DB – the rest of the DBs, trash, D-line. Trash. John, what is your prediction? Um, 
Well, I, I hate to say this, but we say it, we've said it every time we go up to Lubbock. Um, what is it? Not what I was going to say, but one thing. I've actually never been to Lubbock. I want to go up there sometime soon. I have neither, and I'm not planning on it. Not this year. Um, Webb went there, I think, two years ago. So it was yeah, he cool. did. Um, so we have had great success in great Lubbock. Great success. Um, one was a lot. Okay, we all know the last time we lost up there was. But before then... It was 2002. We're eight, yeah, we're 8-2 and two in the last 10 games. Just oh, That's home and away. But yeah. yeah, since 2000, we've only lost two games up in Lubbock. We've lost two in Austin as well, which both of those were while we were in school. Imagine that. Yeah. Um, well, no, the second one wasn't. But, um, you know, I think, again, I didn't watch the game versus Houston Baptist University because I don't even know if it was televised. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I think we go up there and we win this game. I don't. I don't think we cover. I think we keep. They keep it pretty close at the half. But Sam, you know, Texas Tech always finds a way to have some sort of personal foul or something stupid. You know, where they start falling apart. They do this versus OU every time. There's like almost an upset. And there's like a blackout game in Lubbock. They always do something really stupid. And I just think Sam's leadership is going to be the difference in this game. Hopefully, we can uh, establish a. a a better run game, which opens up the passing game for Sam, you know, call it the second quarter. I think we win 45-34. So Texas wins, does not cover, and we hit the over. Yeah, I'm I'm similar with you on that. Uh, from a defensive standpoint, I think we can get some rush off the edge. I think Osai will finally get, you know, a sack or two. And if the defense can score or can force two turnovers, you know, we're plus two in the turnover margin, this game should never be close. But Tech always plays up to their competition, and it always plays up against us. You're 100% right on that. So, I agree. I don't think we cover – I think we score another touchdown on what you had. I got them at 52-38. But – yeah, it's it's tough. And I the over, I know people are salivating over that, but even then, I mean, if you like you said you get the run game going, this that's 71's not happening. It's it's just not. I mean, granted we could come out and light them up like we did against UTEP, but I still don't think 71's a little, kind of out of the picture. So, I, I agree with you on pretty much everything. We just don't let them really stay in it and uh this game should be an easy win what uh i think, I what? think honestly the i haven't looked at what the i assume texas tech since they're a public school in the state of texas are under the same policy as, as us for um attendance but i think that's going to play a huge they are they're at 25 percent like, what they're at 25 percent a team like texas tech is like so they they rely a lot on the atmosphere at home oh yeah um, they're not gonna be the more athletic team but they, they play really hard at home they always have and they just it's like whenever they score up there it's just like a monsoon of momentum those tortilla um, throwing crazies so i think that is really gonna play in our favor and it being a day game too so um, there's a lot of factors leading our way and i think there's no reason why we should be letting this game be close so i agree with you uh, what's your hot take for the game? Um, you kind of already took my thunder, but I, 
I say we force three turnovers, uh, two picks and one fumble. I say Josh Thompson gets one of those picks and Sam breaks his uh, single-game passing record again. Goes over 450. I think – I don't think he, he is th- – you know, I think he plays the entire game. As I agree. I think he plays the whole game too. But I do think we're gonna, you're going to see a trying to establish the run game, keep that tech offense off the field type mentality for a while. So 450 is going to be tough. I agree, but I, I think he can do it. And I think he's going to pick on these corners bad. Big game for the receivers. Big, big game. Um, all right, let's get to the games of the week. But first okay. off, huh. what? I got it. First off, games of the week are brought to you by Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Oh, burgers. very nice. You know what we all love as just as much as Texas football, or at least I do, is burgers and desserts. So our friends over at Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, they consistently serve the highest quality, best tasting burgers and custard you can find in the country. You can taste the difference in every single bite. Nothing caps off a win on Saturday or Friday if you're playing high school, or Sunday if you're in the NFL. Who knows? Like a Freddy's original double uh, steak burger. They're never frozen, full of flavor, served with a side of fries, sprinkled with homemade seasoning, and don't forget about the dessert either. Their milkshakes are absolutely incredible. Um, it's fresh, creamy uh, custard. Way up with love for that. We'll have you reminiscing about the good old days and going back for more. <laughs> Stop by for a limited time and try the pumpkin pie concrete vanilla. It's vanilla custard blended with a slice of rich pumpkin pie, crust and all, topped with whipped cream and cinnamon. Shit, that sounds really good. If Webb got a shout out for, you know, or excuse me, if you got a dollar for every time you got a shout out on this podcast, you mm-hmm. probably wouldn't have to work anymore. So go visit freddysusa.com to find the restaurant nearest you, and please, for the love of God, tell them that the Beers and Sears podcast sent you. Um, Freddy's is another... Uh, supporter that we love their uh, burgers are very good and I will definitely be having one on the way home um, this weekend because there's Freddy's like, french fries are extremely good yeah they are the whole thing is pretty solid it's kind of annoying they don't have them in uh, DFW but hey whatever. shout out to Rochelle thanks for that that was, that was awesome yeah that was a very good one I think we also need to give uh, Ryan Rosillo a shout out I think he copied word for word like Wendy's or not word for word, but like Wendy's ad that Ryan Rosillo uh, reads on his podcast. <laughs> uh, got it. All right, games of the week: Florida at Old Piss. Speaking of Will Wild and uh, advertisements, 11 a.m. on ESPN. Will's gonna be blackout by the time I show up. Uh, Florida is minus 14 in the Grove. Joy Freshwater's first game. Josh John Reese Plumley is the first-team all-frat QB name. He ran all over LSU last year, and they really couldn't stop him. Can you imagine John Reese Plumey handing the ball off to Sir Roderick? Oh, my God. <laughs> one can dream. Maybe in the NFL one day. Uh, Kyle Trask, the quarterback for Florida, he kind of sucks, but their defense is legit. I like the Gators in this. I think their defense is going to really kind of put a handle on Ole Miss, and it's not going to be a good start for uh, for the Rebs. Yeah, I mean, I think SEC, my God, it's about time they played some football. Jeez, they're the ones who were advocating so much to stay true to playing this fall, and it's like, oh, okay, now you're going to finally play? Uh, finally. That's also, we never talked about what the Big Ten I think is so funny to me. Oh, God, jokes. Uh, jumping into uh, Central Time Zone, 
West Virginia at Oklahoma State, two thirty on ABC. God, it just it just hurts me to like say these like two thirty ABC because like I'll, you know two thirty ABC game is like it's always such a good game. Oh yeah, yeah. And I was talking to Webb the other day, and the fact that we don't have game day, like true game day, makes Saturday morning like really. Something. Oh, I haven't but watched. I haven't watched yet. It's tough. It's real tough. Yeah. So anyway, Oklahoma State really, really struggled versus Tulsa. God, they look bad. Um, it was very hard to watch that game. Didn't help that their quarterback went out, Sanders, Saunders, whatever the hell it is. Um, but their second string was absolutely terrible. So they brought in their third string, and he like somehow scored a touchdown and won the game. But um, I don't really – West Virginia dominated like Eastern Tennessee State or somebody, Eastern Michigan. Eastern Kentucky, I believe. Um, yeah, same thing. Um, so really don't have much information there. I just think that Oklahoma State, um, even if they're back to QB1 being, you know, kind of injured a little bit, um, I like West Virginia on the road. So West Virginia, name to keep an eye out for is Jarrett Doge, Dogie, something like that. Dog. Dog. His, uh, his brother was Seth. He played it. Um, Seth? Tech a couple of years ago. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> This kid is actually very, very good. He transferred from, I think, Eastern Kentucky or something like that. Uh, he might be the second or third best quarterback of the Big 12 this year. So keep an eye out for that kid. I'm going with the complete money line upset. Uh, Mountaineers over Oak State. It's a bad start for uh, the old mullet. Okay. The, yeah, they were freaking in somebody's playoff prediction, too. Yeah, I saw that. That some one of those dumbasses on ESPN. Um, I can't remember who. I think it was uh, – never mind. Heisman Pose, Michigan, Desmond. No, was he? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The big game, quote-unquote, is Florida State at Miami, 630 on ABC. Miami is minus 11 in this game. There might be a sig- significant weather in this game, so I would hold off on – taking a side or taking the over until you kind of figure out more on the forecast. But uh, Tropical storm or something? Yeah, something like that. Mike Norvell, the head coach of Florida State, got, got corona, so he's like coaching through Zoom or something. Ooh, uh, that's De- fun. Derek King uh, transferred from Houston and looked very good against Louisville. That guy is legit. Um, Rhett Lashley is their OC, and he's got an offense pretty dialed in for him. Tallahassee is a dump, dumpster fire. I'll say Kane's cover but it's going to be ugly this this is this should be a really good rivalry game and it's not i know i just like i think of like the early 2000s when i think of this but it's not even like a 2020 thing you know it's just they just aren't that good yeah no Derek king breakup with houston was weird i kind of forgot that he was over there until that game happened last weekend yeah i agree with you all right that's what we got for this week thank you again for listening if you want to uh, advertise with us for next week. Just be one of the first three to Texas. We are always open. Um, first three probably to get. Probably my last podcast. I probably won't be leaving after this weekend. Yeah, that's actually true. John, uh, having a little bit of a bachelor party this weekend. Not too big of a party, but we'll figure it out. Uh, it'll be a good time. It was nice knowing Is your dad coming? Uh, that's a dumb no. question. Damn it. I would love to drink like 12 yinglings with your dad. That sounds <laughs> Web, great. Webb sent me an article that yinglings coming to Texas. I saw that. No, I saw that article too. That, that's good Good to know. Your dad won't have to. Why do I keep talking about Webb? <laughs> I feel like it's a it's a requirement of the Beers and Sears podcast to bring up Webb's name in the final five minutes. <laughs>
We know you're listening. Thank you for listening, Webb. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you all next week. Go Horns. Pete Tech.